How is it South Africa? And thanks for listening to Farmers Inside Track, the country's most downloaded farmers podcast. Welcome to episode 277. I'm your host, Donumdu. In this edition, we celebrate the incredible achievements of Tsetso Manoko, Food from Zanzi journalist. He has been honored with the prestigious 2023 International Federation of Agricultural Journalists All Tech Young Leaders Award. Each year, the IFAJ acknowledges talented individuals like Tsetso for the exceptional professional skills and leadership potential. The award was presented in Alberta, Canada, where he participated in a global meetup and congress. With a remarkable career spanning over a decade in media, Tsetso has been at the forefront of reporting on agricultural matters. Join us in this special interview as he shares his insights, experiences on the trip, and passion for making a positive impact through journalism. Tsetso, it's so great to be able to connect with you on our podcast. I've known you for a while now, and it's a pleasure to be able to welcome you on this platform and have you talk to me about the amazing recognition that you received for your work in agricultural media, but more so your work in the media industry. Let's start with the first question in terms of where your journey started within media and what kind of brought you to this career. Thank you, Don. I studied journalism at Boston Media Houses, doing media studies, majoring in, in journalism. What made me get into this industry? I wanted to do law at first, but my grade 12 results were not that good. I could not be admitted to any universities, but also I didn't want to take a gap year. So I opted for a second option, which was media. And I went to study journalism for three years. I've been a journalist for 10 years. I started working in 2013 in community media. I went through the ranks to regional newspapers, to national newspapers, and it has been a, a long journey up and down, being retrenched, uh, newspaper being closed, not getting paid, community level. I could say for me, it has a journey that if I, I look back, uh, I think I have played my role in the journalism industry. I think I have mentored a few people. I think I have made few people attracted to journalism. I think I have made few people hate journalism. And I think I've made few people to to really follow journalism, even if they are not studying it. I think I've also made few people realize that news on its own affects you one way or or the other. So for me, getting into journalism was just to, I don't want to say by default because I didn't do law, because I've not, I've gone back to the law idea. I think for me has, has always been being the voice of the voiceless, giving people information and giving people, especially people in far-flung areas who rely solely on, on mainstream media for their day-to-day knowledge. So for me, it has, it has always been the information sharer, being the person who, who people can rely on. I still have got people on, on my WhatsApp. Remember during COVID-19, people will ask me, when will the president speak? Do you think we'll go to level five? Do you think we'll go to level three? So for me, it, it has always been that I've always seen myself as a person who needs to to give out information to people. So I think that added on the idea of me studying journalism. Even though you had, you know, your eyes set on law, it almost seems like you were made for the specific job and career. Honestly, Tito, I think when I look at you and I look at your career, it really showcases that. 
And now you found yourself within the agricultural media space working for Food from Zanzi, the Food from Zanzi group. How has that been for you? This is obviously was not your background, but I think it's such a dynamic space to be able to work in. What do you enjoy most about agricultural media? For me, agricultural media and agricultural journalism and writing about agriculture on its own was and still a learning curve. I come a ground of writing about politics, writing about labor, writing about local government, which is which are totally far from agriculture. It has been a learning experience. I'm continuing learning every day. I continue being exposed to so many things that I was not aware of. Uh, for me, journalism has always been journalism, especially when you come from community media, because in the community media, you write about anything. You write about a cat missing, you write about running water in the streets, you, you write about service delivery, you write about sports, you write about crime. So for me, I've always seen journalism in that way to say, as a journalist, you can write anything, you can fit in anywhere. At first, I'll be honest, it was challenging, not really understanding the dynamics of journalism. But for the past one year, eight months, focusing only on agriculture, right? Only about agriculture. For me, it has been eye-opening. It has been a learning experience. It continues to be learning experience, learning all about the commodities, learning about all the politics in agriculture, learning about engaging farmers, engaging people who are food producers. So it continues to be a, a learning experience for me. Titeto, you recently had an opportunity to travel to Canada as part of a program to enhance your work in media. Tell us more about this trip the application, the process of applying to be part of this amazing cohort of people that was chosen and you were handpicked out of Africa. Absolutely amazing. Great recognition just for your skills and your experience within the sector. So tell us more about that. I got in a notification via WhatsApp from one of the co-founders of Food from Zanzi, Iva Price, to say, hey, will you like to apply for this? Uh, in my business, I, I said, yes, I'll do. And it took him following up two times to say, where are you with this application? Time I opened this application, I think it was seven days or five days before closing date. And I applied for it. I was chosen to be one of the agricultural young leaders. I must say it was for the first time I, I lived South Africa. So it was really, really an, an amazing, great exposure for me. I went to Canada from the 22nd of June up until the 5th of July. I was involved in boot camps, which involved other young leaders from across the globe. All the continents were, were represented. I was the only one from South Africa, but also we had a representative from Malawi. Other representatives from Africa, which was Gabon, Gambia, Sierra Leone and Ghana, did not manage to get uh, visas on time. But it was an eye-opening experience to be around young agricultural journalists. Some have started, some have been writing about agriculture for a very long time. So it was just a very good bootcamp, sharing experiences, sharing frustrations, sharing tips on how to better ourselves as agricultural leaders. And I also had an opportunity to, to attend an uh, all-tech conference in, in Calgary, in Canada. We learned about agricultural technology and how to better your livestock, your crops using technology. So I can say it was one-stop shop for us. We visited farms in, in Canada. 
daily we were visiting about three to five farms. For me, what I picked up from those farm visits was South Africa still have got a long way to go. When we think we are the, the leading agricultural country in Africa or, 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 or southern part of Africa, if you go to North America, you'll find that we still have got a long way to go. The farm visits that we visited really showed that what we regard as commercial farmers, they regarded them as small-scale or emerging farmers. So it was really an eye-opening experience engaging with those farmers, learning that they use mechanization more than workers. For me, that was like, wow, because you'll be on the road and driving for about 20, 21 kilometers in the farms, but you will not even see a farmer and you ask yourself, where are the people? And they'll tell you, no, we are using mechanization and there's a lot that we can learn as Africa, as southern part of Africa regarding farming in, in North America, mostly as, as journalists, how to interlink and have relationship with farmers. We had a journalist from Canada who really told us that, you know, the relationship they have with farmers is absolutely amazing. Farmers do contact them, do give them stories. So it was a very interesting uh, dialogue between us and the farmers, between us as agricultural journalists from different countries in the globe. So it, it was an eye-opening trip for me. It sounds like you not only got kind of an idea of what the agricultural landscape looks like in other parts of the world, but also just how media practitioners operate within the space as well. So it sounds like an absolutely amazing experience. If you could maybe just pinpoint like one thing that really stood out for you um, throughout the trip and one thing that you kind of walked away with in terms of your own practice as a, as a journalist within the agricultural space. And then also just like finally comments in terms of just like where you see yourself moving in terms of your own career. My takeaways were in our farm visits were two. Number one, you'll have a farmer owning a pit lot. You'll have a farmer owning a processing or, or agro-processing or a, an abattoir. And you'll have the very same farmer owning a processing plant. And you'll have the very same farmer owning a pork restaurant. So our farm visits in, included that from the pit lot, from the farm up until the restaurant. It's a whole value chain that is very rare to find in South Africa, is very rare to find in Africa. For me, that that was a takeaway that actually farmers in Canada want to own the whole value chain, which is something that is really needed in South Africa, especially among our farmers. Secondly, I picked up from, from the farm visits was generational legacy. Most of the farmers that we visited, the mentors were grandparents, the mentors were the parents, the mentors were cousins or uncles or what. So there is a generational legacy to say, after I'm going to the retirement or going to retire, who's going to take over? I will say 80% of the farms that we visited, the stories were when I retire, my child is already operating the farm, he will take over. When we, we, we visited one lady who farms with about 4,200 livestock, she took over from her father. It was a thing of that showed me that actually farming in Canada is family-orientated. It, it grows from the family. In terms of agricultural journalists that were there and what we learned is that one thing that we were taught is that you cannot be a journalist in your own country. You need to be a journalist throughout the world. You need to know and you need to understand that 
what is currently happening in Ukraine, what is currently happening in New Zealand, what is currently happening in Brazil, what is currently happening in India, because at the end of the day, all these things are interconnected. They affect each continent, they affect each country one way or the other. So we were told to broaden our scope, to broaden our mind and to broaden our, our thinking to say, what is happening in the globe? I need to know about it. I need to understand it because it does affect me. It does affect the farmers that I write about. It does affect the commodities that I write about. It does affect the country. It does affect the ordinary people in the country. So thinking globally as a journalist uh, is, what, is one of the takeaways that I, I took. Where do I see myself? I'll still want to be in the agricultural sector as a journalist and maybe do one or two more visits globally to, to learn about agriculture. The, the conference next year is going to Switzerland. We have been told that delegates who will be there will be going to the chocolate farms, will be going to the cheese farms. So it's one of those things that one will really like to to be exposed to, even if it is it's not Switzerland, but any other country and learn about their farming experiences, their farming techniques, their farming methods, and their farming challenges. Because as much as we've got our own challenges of load shedding and stuff like that, each and every country is unique on its own challenges. And for me, that's one of the things that I want to really invest on before I retire. I'm close to retiring. I don't want to be a journalist forever. Thanks for joining me on this podcast, Food for Mzanzi journalist Titsetso Manoko. It really was an absolute pleasure. And that's a wrap from me, Numdu, our technical producer, Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of the awesome hashtag team, Food for Mzanzi. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.